I'm Maddie Miller. I'm known as Little Girl Walker or as Summer from AMC's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to The Talking Dead. is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode 137 for Wednesday, November 27th, 2013. Thanks for joining us on the program again this week, everybody. Um, and uh, I apologize for not having a listener feedback show last week, but we did give you fair warning. Fair warning? Well, sort of. Last time uh, when I was in Regina, we, we I said that I probably wouldn't be able to record on the the Wednesday because I'd be too busy. And I guess we talked about it on Monday's show that I just forgot altogether. But um, we are here, we are back, and we are going to do as much listener feedback as we can fit in. Yeah. Let's uh, let's feedback the listeners. Well, we've got one uh, announcement, not really announcement, but something I just want to remind everybody about, and that is Walker Stalker Con. We talked about it uh, on Monday's show. They mm-hmm. have announced their second city. Walker, Where is it? Walker Stalker Con is coming to the north. They are going to be in Chicago, March Chicago. 14th to 16th. That's excellent. That's, sure. It's even a good date because it's right before uh, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. That's amazing. That means that uh, Chicago should be all dressed up for St. Patrick's Day and ready to party. Don't they dye the rivers green? <laughs> I don't, that seems like it would take a lot of food coloring. I but think they do. I think they dye the rivers green for St. Patrick's Day. Maybe they just light them up with green lights. No, I'm looking that up. I'm pretty sure that Chicago dies the rivers green. Okay, well, either way, Chicago, I think, is a big St. Patty's Day town, so it could be a lot of fun being there for a Walking Dead slash zombie conference and St. Patrick's Day the very next day. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick around in town if we go for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They dye the rivers green. The river, the Chicago River, they dye it green on St. Patrick's Day. Really? Yeah. That is quite something. I look forward yeah. to seeing that. I'm definitely sticking around for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> the The other nice thing about Chicago is we can drive there. Yeah. We had to fly to Atlanta because that's like a 17-hour drive from Toronto. But Chicago is like eight hours, you know? And with two yeah. drivers, that's easy. Easy as pie. Well, I, I do that. That's how far uh, my hometown is from Toronto. And I've driven that myself many times. And I bet the drive to Chicago is a little more interesting than up to the Sioux. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's the sewage. You go straight one way, turn left, and go straight that way. No, it's also, it's very winding. It's also Trans-Canada Highway. In some parts, it's just a, a two-lane highway, so you have to dodge things. Like moose. vehicles and such. And elk. <laughs> moose and elk. Yeah, I've had uh, people that have uh, had run-ins with moose and elk and deer and various such things. And every once in a while, you have to dodge a car that's trying to pass, uh, coming, you know, another car coming the opposite way. The odd they don't leave enough room. Oh, yeah. you have to... You have, to, you have to be mindful of that kind of thing because head-on collisions are bad. Yeah. Okay, well, I maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I've done the drive to the Sioux, though, and 
Uh, I don't really remember it all that well. Well, there you go. um, Well, anyways, March 14 to 16 in Chicago. Tickets will be on sale tomorrow, which is uh, at this point November 28th. And you can save 25% by using the code CHICAGO25. And apparently that's good for a week after tickets go on sale. So get bring your... my kayaks. Kayak <laughs> on the Chicago River while it's green. <laughs> I don't know. If you're allowed to do that, I agree that you should No, there's that. I'm looking at pictures of it, and there's a whole bunch of people in kayaks on the river while it's green. What are you going to do with your kayaks, though, while you're not kayaking and you're visiting, you know, the conference? Uh, keep them in the hotel room. Okay, good idea. Why not? Yeah. And just to remind everyone, of course, uh, Walker Stalker Con Atlanta is on as well, not until next October, the 17th to the 19th. So it's a couple of weeks earlier than it was this year. And you can save 25% off that by go- by using the code 2014WSCON25. And that's only good until the end of November. So if you're going to go to that one, buy your tickets now, save 25%. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, then uh, you've already bought your tickets because we said to stop the podcast and do that last time. Mm, so, good. Yeah. Good, good work on buying your tickets and getting that, uh, getting that done. Very true. All right, so we'll see you in Chicago, probably, and we'll see you in Atlanta, probably. I don't know. We're figuring out our plans still, but I'm definitely going to go to one of them. And I've always wanted to go to Chicago. So Me too. I see no reason not to visit that great city of Chicago. One of the things I've always wanted to do in Chicago is go to uh, City Hall. There's a, uh, a big uh, park, not park, but uh, just an, an area in front of City Hall. And I remember that shot from the end of Blues Brothers. And I've always wanted to go there and visit that spot. Very good. Well, now you have a, an excuse. Yeah. Other than just that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be good enough, too. Excellent. All right, uh, Jason, let's do our listener feedback, which is what you know we're actually here to do. Yeah. Listener feedback. All right. Uh, we're going to do uh, one quick one here. I just got an email from Barbara on the Internet, and she just sent a tweet from somebody that she thought was amusing, and I also thought it was amusing, so I'm going to put it in right here. At Caleb Wild on Twitter said, As a mortician, I always tie the shoelaces together of the dead. Because if there was ever a zombie apocalypse, it will be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. I like that. It is good. If you are interested in uh, reading more of Caleb's wittiness, that's at C-A-L-E-B... W-I-L-D-E. It's good stuff. Awesome. All right, let's get into the real feedback, feed, feedback, mm-hmm. and start with a call from Terry in Illinois. Hey, guys, it's Terry from Woodstock, Illinois. Uh, you were talking about how the governor always has his finger on the trigger, and you shouldn't be doing that, and then you talked about maybe it's a character flaw. Well, maybe what they're trying to show is he's always ready to shoot and willing to shoot no matter who or what is in his way. So if he's got his gun in, he's going to shoot. You know, just just a thought. Hope you guys uh, like it. Talk to you later. So, Jason, that's kind of yep. what I was saying when when you were nitpicking the, the uh, finger on the trigger thing. Not only that he's always ready to shoot, but that's just kind of the guy he is because he's a little bit inexperienced. And I think those two things go hand in hand. But I take it you're having none of it? Uh, well, he's just, I think it's a character thing. And I think he's just, he's very, very dangerous to himself and others. Just running around with a finger ready to shoot there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to give this up. 
I'm not going to bring it up anymore because <laughs> it's just a thing. <laughs> it's just a thing. All righty. All right. So we have a, an email from Paul on the internet. I have to admit, I'm pretty disillusioned with the direction that the show has taken. Uh, I was all for showing a different journey for the governor uh, than we were expecting, but now we're right back to where we started. A pissed off guy with an eye patch about to leave, lead a deceived community into tearing down those prison fences. I am excited for the mid-season finale, but the ultimate goal is the fall of the prison, that in hindsight, I'd rather they just did it in the season premiere and get it over with because virtually nothing else has happened that really matters long-term, besides Carol being kicked out of the group. Uh, if a main character had fallen to the disease, then maybe I'd feel different. But as it stands, uh, we may as well just pretend that Too Far Gone, episode 316, rather than 408, and forget the last seven ever happened. Yeah, that Too Far Gone, which is the name of the mid-season uh, finale in a, in, uh, on Sunday, is episode 316 rather than 408. So right. I've been walking around for a couple of days thinking about how the first half of this season has gone, Jason. And I think Paul here has a pretty good point. I think that Carol being cast out is an important plot development, and right. it reveals things about the group and their mentality and stuff like that. But honestly, what else of importance really took place during the whole flu epidemic? Uh, nothing really. I mean, we're pretty much, it, it killed off a bunch of the Woodbury people, but then again, so did the governor at the end of uh, season three. Yeah. So uh, really they killed off a bunch of people we didn't know before. So I think he's right. Nothing really of consequence has happened. All the, the main characters are all still there except for Carol and the governor is leading a pack of uh, people that have a community uh, and is manipulating them to achieve whatever his demented goals are. Right. So we've had uh, seven episodes so far where, you know, it's. I'm not saying it hasn't been entertaining because it has been entertaining. Um, the episodes haven't been perfect, but they haven't all been bad, um, except... When you think about it on these terms, nothing much has changed. The only things that have changed are the more sort of inconsequential things, like they've grown a farm. Um, you know, the I mean, I guess the fences being knocked down there were are an important development, um, but it was only one small section of it. And the only people that have died have been unknown background characters. And then we get to the governor's storyline, which is kind of just a redo of some of the things we've already seen or, you know, not necessarily already seen, but he's, he's come back to the same place he was at uh, in, in many ways in Woodbury. So we've kind of just redone everything and not really much has happened. And I think, uh, I think the more I think about it, the more that bothers me a little bit. Yeah, we've uh, we've definitely returned to status quo from the last season. Do you do you get the feeling that maybe you know Scott Gimple coming on this season has, you know, he looked at what Glenn Mazzara did over the previous season and a half, and he said, "I don't like any of that. I'm just going to reboot this show, start over again, and get to a point where I think it should be moving forward." Like Gimple probably thinks that where it's at right now is how season three should have finished, or what he's going to do with the mid-season finale is where season three should have ended. Yeah, I can see that. So, 
that kind of bums me out a little bit that, you know, we've been watching this, these eight episodes. And like I said, they've been entertaining, but they haven't really been essential TV viewing. Yeah, well, I'm not, I, I think I agree with you and I agree with Paul, uh, but I don't think I'm as disappointed as maybe uh, the two of you are. Because uh, maintaining status quo is a staple of television for a very, very long time. So uh, look at Three's Company, look at Happy Days, look at uh, you know any of the show, any show from the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Maintaining status quo was a uh, you know the lifeblood of television because you couldn't guarantee that people were going to watch from one week to the other. So you could change things over uh, you know as the season ended or a new season because of casting changes or what have you. Uh, Facts of Life went to a different kind of thing once they graduated high school, that kind of stuff. Uh, but we've you know moved into a very serialized kind of model for a lot of television shows. Not everything, but a lot of television shows. A lot of the ones I like specifically, including this one. Uh, but you know, maintaining that status quo, I think that's an acceptable thing for a television show. I don't know. I don't. Is that how TV works now? It's just they they find something that that works and they try to do dramatic things within that very narrow formula. Because that feels like what we've gotten in the first half of season four here. Yeah, they do that. I mean, look at uh, look at a lot of shows. Castle, for example. There's a, a few storylines that uh, you know migrate from one. Uh, episode to the other but each episode has a very distinct formula and they tend to maintain status quo in between episodes yeah but that's that's different castle is to a great degree a monster of the week show where it's a new criminal a new case each week and they wrap it up at the end of the episode not everyone is like that but well no and that's what and that's what i mean a lot of these shows gilligan's island law and order all these shows are were you know situation of the week kind of things where the status quo is maintained between episodes. Yeah, but I don't know if it's fair to compare Gilligan's Island and Three's <laughs> Company to The Walking Dead. Oh, I mean, don't get me started. I could totally compare the two. Brings come into the <laughs> into the, you know, the the last couple of years and especially with these types of long-running dramatic shows. Like I don't watch Mad Men ever. I don't think I've ever watched Mad Men and thought, you know, we've just gone half a season and nothing has developed here. Well, yeah, and it, it is different for this kind of show. Like, look at 24. 24 was definitely, uh, you couldn't maintain status quo between episodes because the whole season was one story. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this show is very much uh, very similar to that, where they have, you know, one season has, you know, smaller story arcs like the, uh, you know, just various things that that happen over a number of episodes. But then the, the, the whole season is essentially one story arc. Right? But this one is, this situation is different now that we've actually come back to the to the status quo. Right. Well, that's kind of my point, though, I think, that this kind of show, like The Walking Dead, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, all these things, they're different, they're different than those shows. And I think maintaining status quo for too long doesn't work on these shows. But no, that's it what does they've not. been doing. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I agree with you and Paul, but I, I just don't think I'm as disappointed because I like a lot of those maintaining status quo television shows sure okay law and order is one of my favorite shows ever and that thing's the same for like 50 years now or something yeah right? you could totally well it's gone now but uh you could totally roll over the entire cast and it's still the same show <laughs> yeah and i, I love so. it well i guess things like that uh coronation street are the same right it's the same thing for a long time now. well that's a soap opera and that's that's an entirely different kind of animal i guess you can't compare that either yeah because they have uh 
yeah, that you know, get me started on that kind of stuff. Because then you're looking at Nashville, you're looking at uh, there's a lot of shows that are very soap opera y. Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go on to the next email here. All right. It's from Jenkins in the Caribbean, and he says, "I don't get the governor's motivation for leaving with his family after killing Martinez. I thought that scene should have been before that." The only reason why he would have wanted to kill Martinez was either A, protect his former identity, or B, to gain leadership. So why is he trying to take off and play Little House on the Prairie with his makeshift family after killing Martinez? So I think we need to talk about his reasons for killing Martinez at the point that he did in the episode. Because Jenkins here... Uh, you know, I think Jenkins also makes a good point in saying that he kills Martinez for one of these two reasons and then tries to flee before ultimately, you know, taking over power of the camp. Wouldn't it make more sense to have him somehow come to the decision to take over power and then kill the people that are in power? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, which I think is the one of the big problems I had with the, with, uh, with the episode. Uh, the, what I was thinking at the time was that he didn't want any kind of power. He just wanted to be part of the group. He had given up, you know, being the governor and being, uh, in charge of anything. Uh, so he killed Martinez in, in order to prevent, uh, any kind of leadership role being thrust upon him. Uh, but I'm not sure that that's true, but at, that, at the time, that's what I was thinking. Well, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, that kind of mentality, uh, and then changing to what happened in the end. Jenkins goes on in his email, which I, I didn't uh, read just for time here, but he goes on to sort of reorder the episode into a more logical progression, and he says, number one, the governor tries to leave because he just doesn't feel like he can keep everyone safe there. Uh after that, he realizes that um, he can take control and lead the group towards his own goals, which I guess is keeping them safe and ultimately, I think, attacking the prison. And then number three, after he realizes that, that's when he kills Martinez and Pete and makes his play for control. And that does feel like a more logical progression of of uh, events here. Um, so... But then, you know, thinking about the episode, Martinez, just, I mean, the governor tries to take control after he he sees how Pete and Mitch are different and how they react to different situations. I guess with the, with the group in the forest, that camp in the forest they come across, Pete wants to just leave them alone because they're people. Mitch wants to attack them, kill them maybe, and steal their su supplies. Right. And that seems to be what where the governor started to make his decision. So... Again, if that's where the decision came, what was his motivation for killing Martinez earlier in the episode? And that's the question. Yeah, it's because he didn't want any leadership. He didn't <laughs> want to have any kind of leadership, and Martinez was about to thrust it upon him, and he uh, was unable to come up with a polite way of saying no thank you. <laughs> right. So at that point, he just didn't want to be a leader in any way, and when he and when it was presented to him, he decided to kill the guy that was presenting it to him. Or it's maybe it's just simple homicidal mania. He's just he's just a maniac and he just kills people. Well, there is that. Um, we've seen him do that a number of times. I mean, what about the other? I, I've sort of been thinking a little bit about it, and 
you know, it, this came right after Martinez was talking about how Schumpert uh, became careless and got himself killed. And I think Martinez says something in the golf scene about, you know, I can't believe you've, you have another family because, you know, you're not going to be able to keep them safe either because he says, what are you going to do when you lose them too? Or something along those lines. So, I mean, maybe maybe the governor sort of hears that and is like, you're wrong. I can't believe you'd say that. And with that attitude, you're not a good leader. So even though I don't want to be the leader, I'm taking you out because maybe one of those other guys can do it. Yeah, if uh, if that was the case, it was unclear. Yeah, it, it, it didn't really occur to me in that way while I was watching it too, but I think that's probably the best... Um, the best scenario I can come up with, the best explanation. But anyways, I think Jenkins' reordering of things probably would have made a little more logical sense within the episode, just following the governor's or Brian's transformation back into the governor. Yep, let's just go with that. All righty. All right, so we have uh, Chris in the UK. So there's a couple of emails here. Uh, this first uh, part is regarding episode six. Uh, and on how people cannot know the basic facts about the apocalypse. There is no internet, no telly, no newspaper or radio. You work it all out yourself. Fire some shots at the crowd, get discouraged, and never do it again. Maybe you don't know that a headshot gets it done. Uh, never see someone die of natural causes. You never learn that you're all infected. Yeah, so I included that here because you know, Lily and Tara and their family in the apartment didn't know how to kill zombies. And we all watch the show assuming that, come on, by now everyone knows you shoot them in the head and everyone knows that you come back regardless of whether you're bit or not. Um, so it seems weird that they wouldn't know that. But, you know, Chris does have a good point here that if you've been holed up in an apartment the whole time and not really seen that many, you might not realize it. Well, not everybody had a food truck parked out front, right? Right, that's so, what I mean. Uh, they, they had to go out and forage. These people had uh, the luxury of hunkering down and never venturing out. So you learn a lot, or you, you, you <clears throat> don't learn a lot by doing that. Yeah. So this next part is uh, regarding episode seven on why the governor turns back. Uh, the swamp zombies threw the governor back to his aquarium in Woodbury. Uh, that was the final push uh, that led him to accept who he is. Uh, nearly two full episodes of him desperately trying to leave the governor behind, but he knows he can't do it. Okay, so they're driving out in the middle of the night. They come across a big mud pit of zombies. He stands there for a while staring at them and then decides to turn around <clears throat> and kill everyone and become the leader. I still don't like it. Yes. Oh, yeah, zombies. Yeah. And again, only one road, all these kinds of things. It was it was a ham-fisted way, in my opinion, for the writers to like prevent him from leaving or give him give him sort of this way that he could try to run, but it doesn't work out. So he ends up back with apparently the only other option, which is to take power and become the governor again. Right. I didn't like it. No. Uh, Matthew in St. Louis writes, my takeaway from this episode is that the governor realizes that he cannot protect his women alone. That sounds sexist, but I think they just, he just means his family. <laughs> right. He saw the survivalist in the cabin with his zombie family and knew that there isn't anything you can do alone. You need a group. When he saw the zombies in the mud, he knew that there is never any escaping. At that point, he knew he had to lead. He sees Pete as a Rick-like leader who tries to do the compassionate thing, 
or make the moral decision when the governor knows that he and Mitch, a.k.a. New Martinez, can lead with an iron fist and make decisions that only the governor can. Right. So, okay, that that I'm a little bit more on board with. You know, he sees the zombies and is like, all right, we're never going to we're never going to be safe. I got to if you want a job done right, you have to do it yourself is what he yeah, thinks. Yeah. If you want a job done right, you have to kill the people in charge and take over and take over. Yeah. yeah. Still don't like it, but it's a little better. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little better. Okay, so we have a, an email from Ananta. Am I pronouncing that right? Not sure, but let's go with it. Uh, from the internet. These past two episodes had a lot of slow points, but overall they were my favorite of the season and reinforced my love for the governor as one of the best characters in the show. Whether you love him or hate him, you have to agree that he has visions and goals of what he wants, how to achieve them, and will take whatever steps he needs to see it done. I initially hoped that Martinez would just shoot Brian when he saw him, but that would be too easy, and the governor really took Martinez's words to heart, contribute or get out. While Brian didn't want to, want to be the leader again and tried to protest, the governor had different ideas and took the golf club into his own hands. He contributed by giving the group the best leadership he thought he, uh, they could get his, and in doing so, he killed Martinez, Paul, meaning Pete, and Brian. Yeah, so I like how um, I like how we sort of look at the two personalities inside the governor as separate individuals here fighting for power. Right. You know that's uh, that's pretty fun, and ultimately we you know one has to win out. So at least at least for now. So the governor took over. Uh, well, Brian took over for a little while, but now the governor is back. Exactly. And uh, yeah, okay. It's like. Uh, what was your theory? There's night guy and morning guy, and uh, this is Brian and the governor yeah, fighting that's for power. Right. Yeah, morning guy. Uh, did we talk about that on the show or just personally? Uh, I think we talked about today guy and tomorrow guy. Right. <laughs> which yeah, is tomorrow similar. guy is much better equipped to deal with certain situations than today today Sh- guy. Sure, and I guess Brian is better equipped to deal with certain situations, just like the governor uh, is better equipped for other situations. Right. Brian would never hit Martinez in the back of the head with a golf club, but the governor totally would do that. He'd probably do that... You know, for entertainment purposes only. Because <laughs> it's the kind of thing he does. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe he's like, I'm bored. Golf is boring. I'm going to sh- hit this guy in the back of the head and shoot him into the hole. Hole I'm... in one. <laughs> hole in one. Yeah. All right. Justin from the internet writes, wanted your thoughts on the recruitment scene of Mitch. Is this meant to be a flashback type recruitment of Martinez? We see the government's, the government, we see Martinez <laughs> smoking in uh, in a previous episodes while doing dirty work for the governor. It seems that the governor forcing the cigarette on Mitch shows a similar situation of a relatively good guy becoming the governor's right-hand man. First of all, I don't think Mitch is really a relatively good guy. Why not? Well, he's the one who wants to rob and kill people just for their supplies. And You never said kill. You just I- said rob. Okay, you're absolutely right. He didn't say Rob, but I'm not sure how you go into that situation without probably killing somebody. You point firearms at them. And then just take and their say, stuff. give me your stuff, and then just take the stuff and, like, you know, have a nice day. And you really think that Mitch would have gone in there, especially with the governor at his side, and not ended up shooting anybody? Well, I don't know. I mean, the governor would have shot everybody. Right. But Brian was there, so... Who knows what would have happened? I'm not entirely convinced that uh, Mitch would have killed everybody. Okay, well, regardless of that, um, there, 
you know, I guess ro- robbing people is not a very nice thing to do. Either, is right? what I was trying to say. Robbing people is still bad enough, and and I don't know if I believe in degrees of evil. So, you know, evil kill, uh, killing them. Sorry, robbing them is just as bad as killing them. You think so? Well, let's not get into that. Let's maybe not get into that, but. <laughs> You know, either way, I don't know that Mitch is really a good guy that's gone bad just for the governor. I think he's probably a bad guy or at least a person of questionable morals who has now found another person of questionable morals to share their questionable moral, you know, uh, thoughts with each other. Right. Well, I'm glad they found each other. Yeah, they're going to go on and be happy, and live happily ever after. They're going to go do wonderful things together. <laughs> Wonderfully immoral things. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have an email from Nick from the internet in Kansas City. That's that, awesome. That's what he wrote, so that's <laughs> what I put. That's awesome. Uh, I'm writing in response to your take on why Martinez told Brian to go into the cabin first. You suggested that maybe it was because Brian had experience, a flashlight, or it's just what he does. I interpreted Martinez requesting a request as him being Brian as a meat shield since he was the new guy. I felt that Martinez didn't want to risk his own men if he didn't have to, and since Brian owes him, uh, it seemed like the logical choice. I almost got the sense that Martinez was trying to flex his I'm in charge muscle. You want to flex that muscle once in a while when you're in charge. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have the opportunity opportunity to use somebody as a meat shield, you go right ahead. That's the thing. Okay, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> well, Martinez, no, we we're talking about Mitch before. Martinez is yeah, not I the know. nicest guy either. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Mitch was there, and he let uh, he let Brian go first. I think Mitch is culpable in this act. Oh, sure, you're right. But Pete was there too, and he's supposed to be the moral center. And he he's like, yeah, go ahead, new guy. Yeah, but that's then true. you know, I don't know. You're no one is black and white like that. So I I think that Martinez here was probably just in a, in a way testing Brian by sending him in, saying you know. You know, I know who you are. I know who you used to be. If you're really part of this group, you got to contribute. Remember, no dead weight. So you're going in first to, uh, you know, just because I can send you in first. Right. Flexing his uh, I'm in charge muscle. I'm in, I'm in charge muscle. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kevin from Chicago writes, just finished listening to your podcast on the latest episode, Dead Weight, and I had a different interpretation on something. You guys were doing your recap. And you got to the part where Lily claims that she has never felt safer. Chris, I think it was you who took this as a small jab at the governor because he put down his beer for a second and looked shocked in regards to Lily's comment. I interpreted this as the catalyst that basically set the governor in motion. Hearing Lily say that she finally feels safe made him think, well, if my new family feels safe, then it is my job to keep them safe and keep this new camp safe. So I think that is uh, when the idea of taking over the camp first came into his head. That's how I took it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, Jason, what do you think here? I, I got the distinct impression that he was taken aback by it. Like, he's been doing all this for them. They've been together for a little while now, but she didn't feel safe with him alone, but now she does. And, you know, there's Martinez and these other hotshots around, and he's a little bit upset by that. Yeah, and I think that the problem I have with this is that this happened before the governor killed Martinez and before he tried to get the F out of Dodge and ran into that uh, pack of swamp zombies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not sure that 
that was the decision point to keep the people there. If this had happened after Martinez and after trying to run away, then I could definitely see that. But since it happened before, uh, I, don't, I, I don't really see it. I guess, again, the episode was all out of order, really. <laughs> yeah, so if we go back to Jenkins, uh, then and we put everything in that order, this makes sense. So uh, that's, yeah, I still think that's how it should have gone. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this might have, I guess it all contributes to his decision to take over the camp. The, the only problem, another problem I have with all this is that I think his decision to take over the camp is largely in part driven by he his desire to not just, you know, be safe in this camp, but use these people and use the weapons they have to launch an assault on the prison. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen in next week's episode. Well, yeah, I mean, Chekhov's tank. You don't show a tank without using the tank, right? Exactly. So yeah. it's, you know, it's not just about keeping them safe. That's a part of it, but it's also about revenge and whether he realizes that or not, you know, he wants to to do these things to find the safest location. And I don't know yeah. if he truly believes that the camp by itself is the safest location. So, no, but that that's why I personally think that he's going to take over one of the reasons he wants to take over the prison is because it's safer than just a uh, a ring of campers. Sure. And and, and, and tank. I I agree with that. Like he he Part of his motivation is definitely Megan and Lily and Tara and keeping them safe. But there's got to be that little bit of, I want to get back at these people too. Man, that tank is going to be awesome. They're going to be running over zombies and crashing down fences. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, we got to wait till Sunday to find out. It's going to be wicked. All right. All right. So uh, Jessica from Facebook. What an unceremonious death for poor Martinez. For such a built-up character in the novels, and even in the show, I expected the writers to do more with him. Yeah, I agree with that. It was kind of a bummer to see him slowly lowered into a pit of zombies and just eaten away. Like, he wasn't even torn apart. No, he was just kind of uh, gently lowered down into the depths of the uh, the zombie pit, and uh, I assume eaten, mostly. That's the thing. they found parts of him the next day, right? They found what's left of him, right. And I agree, like... It's too bad they didn't bring back Schumpert, and then they bring back Martinez just to be hit in the head with a golf club. And I, I know people are going to die, and I know this is how the story went, but it did seem a little unceremonious for a guy who's been around for a long time. Well, it's, here here's another thought. If Mitch is going to replace Martinez, why bother? Why not just have it be Martinez again? Just have Martinez instead of Mitch? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... That's a good point. I don't know. You know, why? One thing I was listening to um, uh, the Watching Dead podcast earlier today, and uh, one of those guys were saying that, you know, why bother even making Mitch and um, and Pete brothers? You know, what was the point of having them be brothers? There was no there wasn't very much of a familial bond there when when the governor goes to tell Mitch that he just killed Pete, his brother, Mitch is like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll join you. It's no like problem. there wasn't even any, like, he in, didn't seem to even have a problem with it. It wasn't a problem in this episode, but it might come up later. Well, right? you're, that's true, it might, and I guess the governor was pointing a gun at him at the time, but I still think Mitch was just a little bit too agreeable. 
Well, I, I think, you know, if you got a gun pointed at you, you agree to whatever that person says at the time, and then you plot your revenge and stab him in the back. Yeah, that is very true. Um, but, like, you know, you were saying, why not just use Martinez instead of Mitch? I think there was a lot of questions like that in this last episode. Why? Why were these characters here? Why did people do what they did? Right. Why replace Woodbury with uh, these people? Exactly. Like, at should, all. We should be back in season three having going through something like this leading up to something big. So, yeah. you know, it's unfortunately, the more I thought about this episode, the less I liked it. Yeah. And... Oh, I don't know. I don't briefly. I don't want to go deep into it, but this whole season so far, I think, has been different than the rest of the seasons. Seasons one, two, and three, I can pick out episodes that I thought were good and episodes that I thought were not as good. Maybe not bad, but not as good. This one, it like changes from scene to scene in season four. Every episode seems to have bits that I thought are really great, and then bits that I think just don't work or don't make any sense. Hmm. Which is a, a it's a different dynamic. It it I don't know. It makes you love and hate episodes all at the same time. <laughs> uh, okay, where are we? Uh, Adam. From Facebook. Friend of the show Adam writes, So, I felt kind of cheated by last night's episode. It was interesting, with some great gore moments and zombie kills, but really no surprises. As soon as I saw the new group of characters, I knew the governor would be killing his way to the top. I think it would be nice uh, to see a newfound authority Trust on him, thrust on him out of necessity rather than the fact that he's evil. <laughs> <laughs> he put a few E's in the evil, so that's... There's lots of E's in that evil. I, I assume that's how he wanted, to, wanted it said. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Make the governor do something because he has no other choice rather than just, uh, you know, kill his way to the top because he wants the power. Homicidal mania. I guess you could argue that he does really have no other choice than to, you know, do what the governor says because that's him. Okay. And do we do any of us really have any choice in what we do? Sure, we do. <laughs> of course. Well, there's we some do. things we don't have a choice for, but uh, ultimately, my personal belief is that whatever you do, you're responsible for, regardless of whether or not you have a choice. Sure. But we don't need to get into into that philosophy one hundred and one. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we have an email from Angie in Bring, Bring, Birmingham, 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 Birmingham in the UK. In the UK. Not sorry Birmingham. for my butchering the uh, the Queen's English there. Uh, wow, Gimple is a genius. Despite the few nitpicks that you guys pointed out and continue to point out, uh, <laughs> in the space of approximately ninety minutes, Gimple has taken uh, the clusterfuck that Mar uh, Mazera made of the governor and successfully rebooted him to get the story back online with the comics and in a position to move forward without straying too far from the characters built in season three while making uh, making him come true to his comic counterpart. So I included this email because I wanted to have something that was more positive than kind of what we've all been talking about here. Uh, because clearly Angie liked this episode and she, yeah. thinks, she thinks Gimple has done a great job. Hopefully we haven't, you know swayed her opinion at all with all the negativity tonight but um, <laughs> well i mean we just have we have a, just have a different spin on it than she has because absolutely uh gimple has successfully rebooted exactly uh, where we were in the last season with the governor as ultimately a more understandable if not likable character yeah for sure um it's just what the fact that that was necessary is kind of what bothers me right right so uh 
Thank you, Angie. Uh, this, we're going to read one more email and then get into some emails that are more spoilery. Uh, but I'll warn you again after this. This one, last one here, comes from Ryan in Wilmington, uh, Delaware. D-E, Delaware, right? I don't know. Wilmington, Delaware. I'm going I'm from it. Canada. I don't know all the abbreviations for the U.S. states. <laughs> all right. Ryan says, It seems that this season the writers are hell-bent on showing an opposite or unexpected side of every character. Uh, for example, Rick began the season as a pacifist farmer. Carl seems to have a true sense of responsibility and safety. Carol has turned into a vigilante. Tyrese broke his level-headedness and freaked out. Daryl tries to be an alpha tough guy. We saw Michonne cry, and now the governor is actually trying to help people? What on earth is going on this season? It seems very intentional and brings me back to Lizzie's conversation with Carol through the glass a few episodes ago. Lizzie says, we all change. We all don't get to stay the same way as we started. How can I not be afraid? To which Carol replied, you just fight it, fight it, and you don't give up. And then one day, you're just changed. We all change. Is this the writer's explanation of such quick, and in some cases drastic, characterization flips? I can understand wanting to delve into character development, but it seems very out of place, especially for Gimple, who has run some tight episodes in the past. A friend of mine believes that Gimple had a vision for this season's story, and they had to change and mold the characters to fit that vision. It seems almost sloppy, but I am really hoping that it all comes to a head in the mid-season finale. That would be good. <laughs> Thanks. That would be good. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, the the characters do seem to have changed somewhat. Uh, I I do think that they're kind of. I think all the characters are essentially true to their core, except for maybe Carol. I didn't quite understand Carol's uh, position, but everybody else I think is true to their core character. I mean, uh, we could go list them one by one. You know, everybody's gone through some uh, very traumatic times, and that's obviously going to, you know, screw you up for a little while. But eventually you get back to your core beliefs and, uh, you know, do what, have to, what you have to do in order to survive. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think the characters have changed somewhat, but uh, I think the core of each of the characters is still the same, if not similar. Yeah, well, I mean, you do want your characters to, to grow and develop, uh, but I think what Ryan is saying is that they're, they've kind of flip-flopped a lot of them, right? What we've come to understand about the traits of each character seem to have been turned on their head a little bit in this season. And, you know, I don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily because, you know, as I said earlier, I think nothing is black and white. People are not black and white. People can change. And, you know, in different stages of your life, you can have a completely different or even opposite opinion on the same subject. That's not uncommon in the real world, I don't think. So seeing characters on a TV show kind of do that is not beyond the realm of possibility. Now, it's right. a little bit jarring maybe because TV is TV and uh, status quo, as you said earlier, people like to stick to it sometimes. And when you get familiar with characters, you notice bigger changes probably, right? Right. So it is one of those things. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think it really bothers me. And as you said, maybe at the core, they're the same. So they're going to swing back towards that a little bit. Uh, they could they could do that. I mean, I think it was my grandfather. They used to say that uh, consistency is the refuge of the weak minded. 
make uh okay it's a good phrase <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good so I, I don't know i mean if if gimple came on and said these characters are all wrong i'm just gonna flip them to suit my needs and the story i want to tell honestly i don't hold that against him he is the new showrunner he's going to take this show in whatever direction he wants and he's going to make it his own and i guess this is the way to do that as a viewer yeah maybe it's a little bit annoying but frankly i'd go one step back and say changing showrunners every season is a little bit more more annoying and that's probably the bigger this is the symptom of that bigger problem right it you know be. so let's just hope that gimple sticks with the show for a long time um, whether you like what he's done or not, maybe he'll pull it all together. Or uh, if you like it, then keep going with this plan and everything will be fine. Fancy. Yeah. All right, so we got some spoilers ahead now. Is that what's going on here? Well, the next um, the next group of emails and calls, and there's not too many, but uh, they talk about the comic. They reference the comic and stuff that happened in there. Um, they, uh, some of these people have watched the preview for next week. So if you're not, if you're the one of the types of people that doesn't do that, cause you want to go in as, as, as fresh as you can, then you might not want to listen to the rest of the episode here. Cause we're going to do a, do a few, uh, spoilery things. All right. So the first, we have a call from Max in Connecticut. Yeah. And this one is specifically comic spoilery. So here we go. Hey guys, uh, Max from Connecticut. I just wanted to add one more thing. Sorry, I got cut off. I was just driving to work and a cop was behind me. Um, I just wanted to expand on Chris's uh, theory and something he didn't comment on was the fate of the baby. You know, when I think of Walking Dead, I think of, you know, the scene with Lori and the baby and, you know, what happens with them during the governor attack. I'm thinking that since Beth is that baby's caretaker and, she, you know, there's no possible way post-prison that that baby stays around, I'm thinking that Beth and, ba and uh, the baby uh, will be the Lorian baby, so to speak. I'm uh, really interested to know what you guys think about that. Uh, it's a pretty brutal scene, but, you know, they have the chance to do it. And after that happens, I'm thinking Lily kills the governor, um, you know. Probably should put a spoiler alert on this one. All right, guys, that's all. Promise. Bye. Thanks, Max. Uh, you can probably tell Max sent another call as well. That was the second one. The uh, quality on the first call was not great, so I used this one instead. It was slightly better. <laughs> but thank you, <laughs> Max, for calling in. That's amazing. So he is, yeah, speculating on the next episode um, that Beth and Judith probably not going to survive they they can't kill a baby on the show they can they do, do it. it they're gonna do it i don't think they're i don't think they can do it i don't think you can you can kill a baby on, I, a, on a television show i don't think you can really show them killing the baby but i i'm pretty sure that that's where this episode is going so two podcasts ago or maybe three i don't remember when it was um I threw down a whole theory on how the, the end of this season and the beginning, uh, sorry, the end of this half of the season and the beginning of the second half of the season is going to go. And so far, everything is playing out pretty much exactly how I expect it to. Yeah. So just to recap briefly, the mid-season finale mm -hmm. is going to be the governor and uh, Mitch and a group of people from the camp attacking the prison with the tank. Um, 
there is going to be an actual, you know, fight or battle at the prison. Many people are going to die, including Herschel, who will have his head cut off or something along those lines. And the governor will be killed in the fight, but the prison will be all but useless. The prison will fall. Um, in terms of prison gang, who I think will die, Beth and the baby, and probably nobody else. Uh, I'm not sure we can pull that all off on one ep- in one episode. Well, most of all that death is going to happen in during the battle. Now, again, I was coming home today from work thinking to myself, oh my God, what if they just roll up to the prison, the governor, with the tank, point the tank at the prison, and say, you know, let us in, or we're going to shoot our way in. We'll huff and we'll puff. Yeah, and we'll blow your house down. What if they get to that point, episode ends, and it's a cliffhanger? Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen now. Because oh, and is... the only reason I think that that's going to happen is uh, being able to pull off the death of Herschel and the capture of uh, Michonne and the governor uh, putting all the pieces in motion, uh, convincing everybody that they need to attack the prison and then getting everything ready and then actually attacking the prison and the battle playing out and the governor dying and all that kind of stuff. That is a lot to cram into one episode. I agree with you, but I hope they do it because I do not want a stupid cliffhanger. You know, I'm not against cliffhangers, but this just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right if they've been moving towards this and then they don't do it and they wait until uh, February or whenever the show comes back. That's going to piss me off so much. Yeah, I'm, I think you need to prepare yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to sit yourself down, give yourself a talking to, and get ready for it not to entirely play out in this episode. But you think it is going to play out that way, just maybe not on Sunday? Yes. Well, okay. they have to. I mean, why else would they have a tank in the show? Okay, well... right. It's I, it's pretty contrived. Oh, I was in the military, and I have a tank, and now we have a tank, and it's all ready to go, but we got nobody to attack and nothing to use it for, so we're hanging our laundry on it and, and that kind the, of stuff. And the governor killed everybody except the guy who knows how to drive the tank. Well, yeah, I hadn't considered that, but that's the reason why he's not dead, isn't, isn't it? Keep that in mind, right? Now, I'll tell you, Jason, you haven't, you haven't seen the preview for next week, have you? That's correct. I have not. Okay, so in that preview... It gives away way, way too much. I I feel bad for people that watch the preview for next week and have not read the comic or <laughs> or have not read the comic and listened to our podcast because I came up with this whole thing. Anyways, um, I'm going to say right now, in that preview, there is a scene of the governor convincing all the people in the camp that attacking the prison is what they have to do. And he says something there that reveals, that gives away a major plot point, which I won't even do right now because we're, we're in a spoiler bother? section here, my friend. Okay, we are. But do you want me to spoil it for you? Yeah, I think one of the emails already did. Oh, crap. Was, maybe I you're think right. Maybe the next email references it, or maybe the one after that. But uh, uh, yeah, no, the quote is in uh, two emails from now. Oh, you're right. Well, let's read that email right now. All right. So. All right, we have uh, Maria from Spartanburg, South Carolina. South Carolina, that's a that's a great title for a great name for a town, Spartanburg. That's good. All right, I'm totally on board with your theory about what's going to happen. I saw the tank at the beginning of this week's episode and got all excited. Then when I saw the governor watching Herschel and Michonne in the woods, I about freaked out. 
But holy crap, did you hear the preview for next week's episode when the governor was telling his people that they need to surprise the prison group and attack? He says they're going to realize their people are gone. I think at the beginning of next week's episode, he's going to kidnap Michonne and Herschel. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to watch Herschel die this way, but I think it's going to happen. Right. So this is what I was talking about. He's in this conversation with everyone, and he says they're going to notice their people are gone. So yeah. we know now that the governor kidnaps Michonne and Herschel. Um, and we know now that he kidnaps both of them without killing them because he says their people are gone. Well, uh, killing someone doesn't necessarily mean that they won't realize that he's gone. Okay, you're right. He could kill Herschel and kidnap Michonne. Yeah. Okay. They, they are still gone. You're right. They're Herschel. still gone. Yeah. So my point, though, is that they gave that away. The next shot in the uh, in the preview is the tank and a bunch of cars rolling up to the prison gates. A la Road Warrior? Uh, I guess, yes. But what I'm saying is they go to the prison, so it's not like... It's not like that doesn't happen in this episode. It clearly does. Um, we see probably some creative editing of the gang in the prison standing around the fence and running away while guns are firing. What gang? I mean, Rick and everybody. Okay. The prison gang. Team prison. Well, no, prison gang or chain gang. We'll call them chain gang. Okay. So we, we chain gang and the road warriors. We see them out at the gate talking with the governor or something like that. Again, creative editing, but they're out there. And then we see them taking cover as well. So you got to think some sort of fight has started. Wouldn't that just piss you right off if that was the cliffhanger scene? Like that was the last scene of the episode where the battle just started and it cut, it fades to black? Yes, it's going to piss me off greatly. No, but not only just the, the situation, but I know that when uh, when trailer movie trailers show the final scene of a movie, which has happened more than once, mm-hmm. I know that that tends to piss you off. Well, it does. I've even seen movie posters that depict like the final scene or you know climax of a movie. The final shot. Yeah, final shot. That pisses me off too. All yeah, this so sort wouldn't of stuff this does. just be doubly piss you off if that was actually, you know, the the final shot of the cliffhanger is actually in the trailer? Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I if it would totally. I would I would yell at my TV and never watch the show again. Throw the remote control. No, you can't say that. You could throw the remote on the ground and Go in a huff and puff and wake your kids up because it'll probably be late at night. And why is daddy yelling? He's mad at the TV. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's fine. He'll be all right later. <laughs> he just needs he's to, having a fit. Just needs to have another beer to calm down. Da- daddy's having one of his fits. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. This will piss me off enormously if this is how this mid-season finale ends. Yeah. I want to see the fight. I want to see... All of this put behind us. I want to see everything put to bed. Everyone who's going to die should be dead. And then the prison is no longer useful. People have scattered into the wilderness. And we don't know where they are or what their status is. That is a good enough cliffhanger for me because after that, I don't know what's going to happen. And that's that's what works for me. I realize most of the rest of the universe out there you know, could have a cliffhanger of the tank pointing itself or pointing at the prison and about to fire, and that would be a great cliffhanger for them. But I'm sorry, not me. All right, let's get back to killing the baby. All right, yeah, back to Max's uh, <laughs> Max's call. So right. killing the baby. Um, you can't kill a baby on TV. You, I mean, you they very well, very well may uh, talk about, yeah, uh, Judith and Beth died. Right, hear the shot 
uh, see you know down the uh, the scope of the rifle or whatever that's pointing at uh, Beth running away with the baby, and then it, you know goes to black, and then you hear the shot. Right, that could be the final scene, and then next, uh, you know, the next episode would be them talking about it later on. And yes, they died, kind of thing that they might get away with. I'm not, yeah, and that's I think what it's going to be, something like that. I don't expect to actually see the baby ripped in half with gunfire. That's not going to be. Yeah, okay. That's not. No, gonna, they're not going to show that. That's not going to happen. And if it does, I my jaw will drop. And, uh, you know, I'll be totally shocked, but... You're going you're gonna to quit TV if that happens, I think. I'm quitting TV. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Yeah, that's it. It's enough. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> I'm reading books from now on. Yeah, that's right. Nothing bad ever happens in books. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're going to survive. Like, maybe it's from behind. Beth is running away, holding the baby. She gets shot and falls forward or something like that. I mean, that's bad enough when you consider it. So... I just I just think it's going to happen because Max in his call said there is no way this baby is surviving post prison. Yeah. So um now I want to I have a couple of notes here about about what else might happen regarding, you know, uh how the baby dies because in the comic Lori is still alive and she is running holding the baby when all this happens. Yeah. Um but of course, Lori's not alive in the show, so it's going to be Beth most likely because she's been the baby's caretaker. Um, in the comic book, the character of Lily Call is the one who shoots Lori holding the baby. And Lily in the book, in the comic, then regrets what she's done and takes some other action. So we have a character named Lily on the show now. Different we last do. name, um, but I wonder if... Maybe that's kind of a hint about how it's going to play out. Maybe Lily on the show will be the one that makes the fatal shot. Okay. I'm just saying, maybe that's No, I totally see that. Now, on the flip side, another listener, Tom from the internet, wrote in, and he speculates that maybe Alicia will end up be the one who uh, kills Beth and the baby. I don't know. I don't know if that's any different, really. End result is the same. Baby dies on TV. But uh, who knows? Somebody's going to kill the baby. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Baby's baby's dying. Right. All right. Uh, should I read this uh, last yep. email here? Yep. Josephine from Vancouver writes, Hi, Chris and Jason. Are you accepting fan predictions on who might die in the mid-season finale? So, yes, y- yes, yes we, we are. are. <laughs> and we've gone through it already, but let's read this. My prediction is as follows. Will die. Governor, Herschel, Beth, and Judith. (laughs) We agree. So, same group. (laughs) She says, I'm not 100% certain about Beth dying because she wasn't given much screen time since the season premiere. It wouldn't seem fair to have her killed off, but I can't see any way Judith would survive beyond the prison attack, and Beth is always the one taking care of her. If they do not kill the governor, if they do not kill off the governor after the second prison attack, this show will lose all credibility and appear cartoonish whereby the villain is never killed off because the protagonists are too stupid to do the right thing. Okay. Uh, that's that's the main point I wanted to take out of Josephine's email here, that if the governor survives this episode, again, I might quit TV because it's, it's going to be he, so dumb. He's going to survive this episode. No, dude. They, he has to because the only way that he's not going to survive is by Michonne escaping and exacting her revenge on him wait a minute you you think that no matter what happens michonne has to be the one to kill him right because that's what happens in the comic right 
Well, uh, no, yeah, that very... is not what happens in the comic. Michonne does not kill the governor in the comic. She goes back and tortures him. She's the one who right. removes his eye and cuts his balls off and stuff. No, no, she nailed his testicles to the floor. You know, either <laughs> either way, you don't want that to happen. No, and they're not going to show that on TV either. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll kill a baby before they show nut hammering. <laughs> they will. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll kill a baby before they show full frontal nudity of a man. <laughs> Dudity. Oh, dudity, yeah. <laughs> um no. So Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. I I uh I thought that that's how he died there for a second, but I misspoke. No. Um he does not die at Michonne's hand in the comic, but he's got to die in this episode. I don't think he will. <sighs> Man. I think he's going to survive until at least the beginning of the next half of the season. And that's because they're going to cliffhang this battle, you think? Yes. Oh, my God. This, I I don't know, you know. I think it's going to be okay, Chris. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be the end of, uh, end of television for you. Well, I'm pretty I think, sure uh, it won't. I think this is going to happen, but I think uh, Scott Gimple has got everything in hand. He's in control. He's had a few stutters here and there, but that's okay. And I think this episode is going to be, uh, you remember in the last season when we, you know, the first half of, uh, of season three, when we we're like, what the hell's going on here? Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden we had the mid-season finale and it was all like, oh, that was cool. I think we're going to be in a good place. I think it's going to be a cliffhanger, but I think it's going to be a good episode. Do you remember off the top of your hand the mid-season finale for season three? Yeah. That what was... Ha- that was uh, uh, Carol's daughter. What was her name? Coming Ca- out of the barn. Mid-season, season three. Oh, that was mid-season. That season was season two. two. Sorry. And then no, I don't season three, season two three. ended with the burn barn burning down. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. All right. So season season three, three, mid-season finale. Um, I don't know. Look that up, maybe. But what I want to say to this mid-season finale coming up on Sunday night is that this is Scott Gimple's chance to prove himself as the right guy to run this show. I don't think he's done that yet. Even though he's made some some good stuff, he's done some good stuff, he's done some bad stuff, I don't think he's quite shown that he has everything under control here. And But if he can pull off something amazing in the, in the episode on Sunday and... Um, uh, and do it by taking some risks, doing something that's shocking that we haven't seen and that sets up, you know, a new story coming up, even just vaguely. I think that this is his chance to really do that and shine. And if he does it successfully, I will be fully on board with him. Right. But if he screws it up. I have hope. I have hope. I think that uh, it's not going to turn out the, the way you want, but uh, I think you're st- going to be okay with it. Okay, well, the other thing here is that this episode is called Too Far Gone, and I think that refers to the prison. The prison, after the fight, is too far gone to be safe and livable, and they have to flee into the world. I think maybe the governor is too far gone. He'll be dead. He <laughs> he better be dead. <laughs> all right. Um, that's it. That's all we've got. I think I've made my point clear. <laughs> And I've ranted enough. Okay. Do you have anything else? Um, let's see. No. All right. Did you look up the mid-season finale of yeah, season three Yeah, I can't there? tell. I got, uh, I think, episode... Uh, no, all the episodes in, in uh, iTunes are 
all screwed up because they have the inside the Walking Dead <laughs> episode, whatever, and I don't know what the hell's going on here. iTunes messes up their numbering. You've got to renumber those so you know what's what. I've done all mine, and they're much better now. It, it seems uh, I know it seems like episode, season three had twenty eight episodes or something because they've got them all numbered wrong. Anyways, that is neither here nor there. So, um, before we end, Jason, I mm-hmm. think uh, I just want to wish everyone in the United States a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, shameless plug, if you're going to do your shopping this Thanksgiving weekend on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Brown Thursday, I think that's what they're calling it now, which is today. Is today Brown, br- no, no, sorry. Wednesday. Tomorrow is Brown Thursday. Is it Brown Thursday? You know, I they heard... They don't call it Brown Thursday. I heard that on TV, and I think Jimmy Kimmel was... Um, well, turkeys are brown when they're cooked. Yeah, I think Jimmy Kimmel was ridiculing people for calling it Brown Thursday, and it was funny, but I do believe some people have tried to start Brown Thursday. Um, Turkey Thursday. That works better. Works better for me. But if you're going to do some shopping on this uh, shopping long weekend and long weekend of giving thanks, why don't you click through amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com before visiting Amazon and and, uh, doing your shopping that way. Every little bit helps out and we would really really appreciate it otherwise um go to our site check out our shirts and iphone cases and stuff if you want to pick up one of those talkingdeadpodcast.com slash shirts and uh, they can be delivered right to your door which is exciting and then you can walk around with the cool handset logo on your chest and show everyone how cool of a person you are yeah, that's so what I, I do. I think the shirt would be exciting. Delivered to your door, uh, I'm kind of blasé about. <laughs> oh, really? Are you? <laughs> well, because you get stuff delivered to your door all the time. That's not like you're going to have it delivered to you know a central location in the town that you live, and then you have to go pick it up. That'd be annoying. Yeah. We but... have a better postal service in North America than that. Yes, we do. Unless you live in the country. <laughs> right. And then you get your mail to a mailbox well, somewhere. And they you deliver a... stuff to my door. Yes, they do. They Sorry, do. if that's elitist of me. Oh, yeah, very much so. All right, everyone, uh, if you'd like to comment on anything you've heard on the show today, you can give us a call on the Zomb line at one 483 zomb And I always want to mention but forget that if you don't want to call that number, which is totally fine because I have never been all that happy with the quality of phone call provided on that number, right? you can always just record yourself on your computer or on your phone. You know, uh, all iPhones come with a little voice memo app. Record yourself and email that recording to us. It will sound better. It might even be easier, and uh, you can do it wherever you are. That'd be awesome. And the quality is almost always better, especially if you're in a nice, quiet room or even if you're out and about walking. You know, it's it just sounds better than the phone call. So if you happen to be in a recording studio... And want to uh, master yourself, uh, you know, talking and, uh, you know, mix it down to an MP3 or a WAV file or something like that and email it to us. That works too. Or burn it to an 8-track because I hear there's still a company in the States that will make an 8-track for you and mail us the 8-track. I, I don't think I'll be able to play that. But I don't have be, an 8-track player. <laughs> it would be fun to get that in the mail. Yeah. Um, so I would talk about it but I wouldn't be able to hear what you said. Record yourself on your phone. Email it to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, any other email can come there as well. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. So uh, 
that's this has been our feedback show for this week. We will be back on Monday evening after the mid-season premiere has wrapped up so we can recap that and break it down. And hopefully at that point, I will not have quit TV <laughs> because that would be yeah. un- that would be unfortunate. You know, even if it doesn't play out the way I want, maybe I just need to take a little TV break and then I'll maybe come back do. to TV. Maybe you should. Maybe you should take December off from TV just in general. Oh, but December I have so much free time to watch TV. Well, you got free time to do other stuff too, like play video games. You could play video games, you could uh, get out your etch a sketch, you could get your uh, magna doodle. They do they have drawing toys nowadays or do they all come from the 80s like I think? Uh no, they still have them. Okay. They Good. still have them. We have some of them around here, including an etch a sketch. Um what I will do in December is hope that it snows a lot, go outside and build snow forts. That'd be awesome. Because I got kids and they love that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, everybody. This is it. Um, Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.